Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi, this is Jeff Parlin, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of the Jack Links Beef Jerky 365 Days of Sport, the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, thanks to Jack Links who, look, if you're going to buy beef jerky, make sure you buy Jack Links. It is the best food I'm just going to say, Rob, mm. it's the best food you can get. Well, surely they will appreciate being first cab off the rank. Because we've got a lot to talk about in this show. Have we? But just straight into plugging into that, the sponsors, that's, that, that's that brilliant. It does make a change that we actually have something to talk about on the show. And I, I'm guessing by that response, Rob, mm. it might even be sports-related. Yeah, well, I'll tell you straight up, Beef. I have to be honest, by the end of Saturday afternoon, evening, I've lost a bit of confidence in my punting. All right, okay. First race of the day at Ramwick, I pick out just random, just for a laugh. Chuck 20 on the single Amy Shadow. Like like the form guide, like weight, been running well. Wins. Oh. So straight away at six bucks, so I'm up 120 bucks. I've got to say as well, what? when you're an experienced punter, Rob, you know, you should know to avoid race one on any meeting. But sometimes I know the horses. Okay. Yeah. Race one is always the, the it's the opener. It's there's the, a few youngies, but there's also often some that you've seen run around in the winter time that are coming ahead after had a quick break and then they're coming back and you go oh that wasn't that one ran well in winter it's your local support band to a decent act in a I know but they had they had a great early quaddy at uh, Caulfield oh, this weekend really? uh, early quaddy yeah yeah I really liked it and then this Muppet called uh, Fiesta got up and ruined it for everyone anyway um, that's what you get I, I, I get the same as Shadow that's what you get with a horse named after a porn mag Rob F- Fiesta <laughs> Fiesta used to be a porn mag in, in the UK oh was it yeah oh well good good info beefy thanks for that I won't name a horse that then so anyway I'm looking sort of quite feeling quite good up already up 120 after the first race and then i made this stupid error where i went to go and take a place multi five horses and just just it was a bit of a hail mary for a change bit of a 200 one just the tenner on for two grand and i put 10 bucks on every single horse in the multi by mistake what to place (laughs) so instead of spending 10 bucks i spent like 60 bucks and then none of them placed None of them. I could not believe it. So you had six horses out of how many in the race? No, not in one race. Uh, okay. In six separate races. Right, okay, got you. Just to place in a place multi. Okay. But and, none oh, of them. no, and it was just terrible. I just watched all my winnings dwindle away, and at the end of the day, you end up with nothing. But I've regrouped. I've got back, and the Everest is on this Saturday. I'm very excited about this. This yeah. is the this is the 1,200-meter richest race in Australia at no, Ramwick. I think it's now. Because the they've Because they've upped the prize pool, I mm. think it's 50. $15 million in yeah. the prize pool. I think it's now the richest race in the world. Yeah, it costs seven hundred and fifty grand just to enter your horse. Right, that's a lot of money. Yeah, good haul. So it's, it must be a bit of like a sweepstake, uh, as well as sponsorship, obviously. Well, if you're paying 750000 just to put your name in the hat. Yeah. If you don't get in the race, I wonder if you get any of that back. You ha- you're only paid if you get in the race. Oh dear, okay. Mm. I didn't realise that. I thought there was an entry fee, like with the Melbourne Cup, because I think the Melbourne Cup, they had, uh, I don't know, last year, I haven't followed it up for this year, mm. I think it was 139 entries at whatever extortion. Really? Yeah, whatever extortion it made it was to put your name in the hat. So, okay. Yeah, I don't... Oh, oh maybe it's different. I don't, but you, you have to... There's all sorts of trials to try and make and get into this race. You've yeah, got exactly. to be You've got to be top-notch. Now, each of the stables get one nomination each, is how it works. Oh, okay, as well. The, the main ones, and then there's a few other random options later on right. pop up on the last minute but. well i'm just um i'm just looking up melbourne cup they've had 174 entries for this year's cup what yeah the nominations for melbourne cup this is in late august mm. they had the full nomination obviously it closed that day mm. 174 entries now i'm just trying to look up how much it actually costs to put in your nomination and i can't quite find it in this article but 174 horses it's a good haul because there's, well, there's still 20 oh. 24 spots roughly for uh, exactly 24 yeah. spots yeah 
Okay, the first nomination, which closes on August 27, you pay $1,650, right? If you get through that, there's also a late nomination fee which closes September 3rd. So how do, how do they judge that and say, no, nah, that's rubbish, you're not part of this? Well, they, they just sort of... I guess it's open for everyone. But if you get through that, so they do cull some at the start and oh, just yeah, say, yeah, no, nah, yeah. you're, you're, you're having so a laugh. So then there's a late nomination. They've, they extend it to September 3rd, but you have to pay 5500 I guess these, these fees are non-refundable. I think mm-hmm. this is the deal. Uh, they declare the handicaps a week later, September the 8th. If you get through that on the first set of declarations, I don't know what they kind of scale it down to, $2,640. Then they scale it down again October the 13th, which is, you know, four weeks out from the cup. You then pay $4,620. And then if you get in the 24, which is then declared on the 31st October, you pay $49,500 just to enter the race. Right, okay. That's the Melbourne Cup. That's that's vaguely interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, good bit of information there so i'll be interested in, i will do some research tonight about the everest and these nomination mm. fees if it's 750 just to put your horse in that must be uh, the final as we've just discovered there's like four tiers yeah well that's like the biggest stable so they all they get one nomination the each. old uh, godolphin godolphin uh, and chris waller cool more i think um, is the other one isn't it there's, there's a few of them yet mm. but anyway that was a great saturday but what i very much did enjoy on sunday beefy was yep. the all blacks playing australia did you you enjoyed it yeah yeah i mean not like it was a spectacular game but just to be able to watch a game a test, oh, a test match exactly right on a sunday too i like that and in the daytime in the two daytime. o'clock kickoff our in, time in australia yeah yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what it actually took me by surprise mm. i forgot it was on Right. Like at two o'clock. Yep. Um, Until the governing and banter started so, up. Well, I got well, I was had some other rubbish on. I was mm-hmm. doing a few bits and pieces. And I started flicking through the channels, and it, it, program guy just said international rugby, and I thought, oh, international rugby. Turn it on. Oh no! Of course, I was in horror, absolute yeah. horror. So, in terms of that, yeah, it was fantastic. Mm. Great way to uh, kill a Sunday afternoon. Well, there was some great banter throughout the match, of course, because uh, haven't heard from Gavin for some time. But as soon as his <laughs> great match, it's on, true. The conversation sort of steered away from uh, let's say in-depth sports commentary to more sort of intertwining social issues with things <laughs> and i was sort of quite determined to teach gavin that if your country becomes less racist your rugby team gets way better yes very much so so that's why, why you know new zealand's been less racist for far longer than australia australia's tried to perpetuate racism for a lot longer so as a result along with many other things the rugby team has not been as good. But now, as they're progressing, embracing the progressiveness here in Australia, significant Fijian import. There was a great... I, probably, I don't know if you um, if you saw the interview with Dave Rennie after the game. That it was a pre-recorded interview. Hmm. One of the first things he said is, uh, you know, Matt Burke, that great commentator, great yeah. knowledge. Yeah. yeah, go on, son! Go on! Go on! Yeah. yeah, Matt Burke, impartial. Mm-hmm. Um, asked him about the integration of the team and the new guys to the Wallaby squad. And he went, yeah. Yeah, we had a great night the other night. We had the Tongan boys teaching the Fijian guys songs, and the Fijian guys were teaching the Samoan songs, mm-hmm. and um, there was no mention of Australians. No, they <laughs> didn't mention that part. It was like, uh, yeah, and we made. But be- that's always happened in New Zealand. Yes. Actually, I was going to play this. I was, had this for Worst Song in the World a couple of weeks back, and uh, and it's not a worst song. I have to stress this. This is from talking about little songs and bits and pieces. Hey, uh, so what's what's going on with your steroids? Have you come off the steroids I, I'm off, yet? I'm off the steroids, mate. Okay. Thank yeah. God to get off the steroids yeah. because uh, I was struggling. Um, How long was your, your uh, wind down from that in the end? Probably about Wednesday, Thursday, I was feeling, like, safe. Yeah. Wednesday morning, I got him out of coffee, and it was quite strong. Mm. And I was buzzing for a bit, and then I realised I needed to get off the caffeine as well. Okay. So in terms of that, yeah, I know I'm good now. You did, you did, did you, part of you feel your inner d- desire to become a bodybuilder sort of kick in while you're on the on the <laughs> juice? No, no. No? I just wanted to get it out of the system, to be honest. Yeah. It was that weird feeling. It really was. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was struggling. Really was struggling. Well, I'm back. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you're back on. I'm 100. percent Yeah, I've been doing. I've been editing a podcast recently, and uh, your singing's got a lot better. My singing's got better. <laughs> yeah, you'd be there singing along to certain things, and it's yeah. quite yes, yeah, interesting. I'm probably just making the effort. I think it's probably. The- I've always been a good singer, Beefy. Just sometimes I'm mucking around. I got to. Mm. I have to focus. It's very hard, by the way, to sing and play bass. 
Oh. I don't know if you're aware of this. Much easier to sing and play guitar. Right. Because the bass, you got to stay on the kick. you got to hold the whole band together. So, I mean, it's very few bass-playing singers. Are you the, uh, you're the scrum half of the band? No, I'm going to be the front man. No, no. Uh, in general, half. in general, when you're playing the bass. Well... Is that scrum half? Well, they're the guys that keep everything together. They're yeah. the link between the forwards and the backs. Well, of course. Yeah, essentially you are, you are the link. Right. You're okay. the link to the drums from the guitars. This is what I was going to play. This is from Sydney Two Blues Rugby Club. We're talking about uh, singing harmonies. This is the boys in the change room after a bit of a win. <laughs> Awesome. Do you know what that reminds me of? Um, like Collingwood singing their team song after the game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very very yeah. similar. Or some of the uh, chair squads at the AFL game. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, the Sydney Two Blues Rugby. I've got a big shout out to those guys. Uh, I think they're mainly Fijians mm-hmm. in there. So uh, Also sounded quite South African. To, yeah, it did actually. It did yeah. a little bit, didn't it? Uh, Have you been to Fiji, Beefy? Yes. Yeah, well, of course, as soon as you arrive, they're singing songs. Yeah. Walk is, off the plane. This is a rugby team. <laughs> yeah, well, the rugby team, oh, of course. Of course. It's time. just part of the culture. That's like Wales rugby, really. Very, yeah. Mean, they have a big sing song. Yeah. And in fact... And yet somehow you missed the boat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, whole country. Someone <laughs> said that, actually. You're the only Welshman you've ever met that can't sing. Yeah, that was you. <laughs> Um, I think when the British Lions were in New Zealand 2000, when was the last time? 17. Mm. Uh, they actually adopted, do they sing Callum Lamb? I think as a team. So the English... New Zealand adopted it. No, no the no, Lions the adopted The Lions adopted Callum yeah. in Welsh, singing together. I mean, there was mm. a lot of Welshmen on that tour, obviously. Oh, that's good. Um, I think but they actually played New, on the show. New Zealand tried to take it on by singing, I think, 10 guitars. The <laughs> At the test, did they? Uh, it's a, like a world famous in New Zealand oh. hit, and from the like, I think they're like the 1960s. Okay, a hula, a hula, a hula to my ten guitars went like that. Anyway, it's not really a song that sort of is a stadium sort of song or has any sort of emotional vigor to it. It's sort of more of just a fun sing along song, right? So it, it didn't take off again. Another failed attempt, and I think they also tried to get Umarapati going which is um run rabbit run in but, but they, they do both you go oh. run rabbit run rabbit run 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 like so that's the obviously the english version which you'll be familiar with yes definitely and then he's everyone to go umarapati umarapati umar 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 sounds better umarapati umarapati umar 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 then i think it goes pow 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 kaki goes hanoanae so, or something like that. So, right. umarapati, umarapati, uma, uma, uma. Beautiful. You like that beef? Sounds much better in Mary. You think so? Yeah. So we used to you do the double. That was the. That, I mean, that was from when I was five years old. I learned that. I mean, obviously, you guys. I might have got that middle bit totally wrong, well, but you know, it's not your first language, is it's it? Not. Let's face it. Give it a go. Obviously, in New Zealand nowadays, the the national anthem of yours. What is yep. it? Uh, God defend New Zealand. God defend New Zealand. You yep. do it dual language. Yep. South Africa. Mm. I went to a test match in South Africa 2004, and this is when the dual language anthem started coming in. They did their anthem in three languages. 
Wow. They added in Zulu, they- I think Zulu, Afrikaans, and then English. Okay. It went on for hours. In fact, most people went home by the end of the anthems. <laughs> um, Wales, we sing it. Normally, they just do English and whatever, and which, whichever African language it is of the it's, indigenous people, it's, not oh, it's not the Afrikaans. Afrikaans is it? Generally, yeah. But I think because we were in Johannesburg, where but Afrikaans is from like it's a combination of Dutch and German, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. But so the indigenous people wouldn't speak that. Uh, or. Oh, some might. I think they kind but, of But it's do. not. But it's not. No, but they have their own native they, language. Oh, they, there's six or seven different languages yeah. kicking around in uh, in South Africa. They've got yeah. the, they got the click language as well. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't remember what. Uh, okay. That dialogue. from the gods must be crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but obviously there, there is uh, there is Zulu. The, I suppose mm. the biggest native language. Right. There. I think what we're learning here is we shouldn't go into fields where we have really no knowledge yeah. and try and discuss oh, them. Because right, I think uh, people see through... Uh, this, is, this is show 172. Yeah. And people figured it out some time ago. We've gone into this whole thing for the past three and a half years or four years, whatever long we've done it. And we have proved mm. week after week that we have very little knowledge about anything. Mm-hmm. Good. But you've been to South Africa, so surely oh, you're yeah. the one who should know. You've been to yeah, test yeah. matches there. Test matches, play cricket. That was another there. Lions tour, wasn't it? It was a uh, Wales tour, Wales tour yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was good fun, a Wales tour. Yeah. I met Bobby Skinstat on the lash. Mm-hmm. Got absolutely smashed out of my head with Bobby Skinstat. Yeah, good. Did he enjoy your company? Oh, you know? lo- he absolutely yeah. loved it. He had a great time. Did you ask him or did he write you a letter or email afterwards? <laughs> no. Saying that he loved your anecdotes yeah, and your gags? Yeah, love my anecdotes about yeah. life in general. About, about time you got Ross Taylor out or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Matt Sinclair. Yeah, um, grabbed Becky's Bother on the bollocks mm-hmm. just for a laugh. Yeah, he's a big fella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just good. For but him. the good value is African lads. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, you gotta love them. Yeah. Gotta love them. Guests of Castle Lager at the uh, test. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had two days of absolute free Castle Lager. Have you been to Cape Town? No, not been to Cape Town. That's the one that everyone raves about. Yeah, I know. Should have gone. I've been uh, Durban. Yeah. Up through Swaziland. Yeah. Through to the uh, Kruger National Park. Mm-hmm. Nels Pruitt up there in Johannesburg. Obviously, I lived for a bit. So You lived in Johannesburg? Yeah, for a bit. Played a bit of cricket over there. Yeah. Was that before it got scary? It's always been scary, Rob. Yeah. It's always been scary. I don't think it's never not going to be scary. Right. How would that compare to, like, say, New Orleans then? Oh, it's... You, you just don't. Yeah. You absolutely don't go anywhere. You don't walk anywhere. You don't go outside anywhere. You told this story before. The first day I was there, the guy I was staying with he lent me his car. And he basically said, he says, look, Biffy, <laughs> Biffy, when you're driving along and you're stopped at the robot, because they call traffic lights robots, right? Yeah. Because they look like a robot. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And if you're stopped at the robot and you see the man walking towards you, just hoot the hooter and drive. Don't worry about anything else there. If you, even if it's on red, hoot the hooter and drive. And that's the... Yeah. Uh, Did you do that? Did I have to do that at any point? It actually happened to mm-hmm. me. I think I was in a bit of a world of my own. I didn't quite realise quite Take how dangerous. Take seriously, yeah. Didn't know so, your history? No, I just didn't think about it, really. Yeah. I was driving around like the first couple of days I was there, and I kind of got a bit lost. I drove up to Kailami, had to drive around the racetrack up there, wondrous sport, like the cricket ground, and driving along, and I kind of got a bit lost. And as I was kind of driving, I was looking around, and I was seeing less and less white people on the road. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I think I'm probably going the wrong way here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was literally probably 1k out of Soweto oh. by myself. Yeah. A white guy in a... But in a car, though, A white guy in a Kia. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I kind of stopped and realised, and I don't I think when you're by yourself and you're a bit more confident, I don't know what I would have done if anything mm. happened. I mean, you see the Louis Thoreau programmes and stuff, and yep. realise that Johannesburg's probably not the best place to mm-hmm. uh, kick around. Mm-hmm. But you don't go out, and most of the pubs are at shopping centres, so mm. they're all... There's security guards everywhere. You live in gated communities, so you're in through gates right. all the time. Okay. Electric fences around your house, mm-hmm. like on the perimeter walls and things like that. So, yeah. You it's proper. Really, it is proper. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely proper. God, no wonder so many of them moved to New Zealand. And Perth. Yeah. Loads in Perth. Yeah. Uh, we were talking horse racing earlier. Yeah. There's some sad news, actually, about horse racing today, I think. What? Winx lost her foal yesterday. 
Oh, no. Yeah. Owners confirm Winks had lost a fall. It is with great sadness that uh, all the owners wish to inform everyone that unfortunately overnight Winks lost a fall. There are so many people involved in the Winks story from owners, staff, past and present, who are many fans around the world. Uh, thoughts and attention at this moment are on Winks, ensuring that she remains healthy as anyone in this situation would respect. It's a traumatic time for mother and those involved in Winks now the centre of her attention following the loss of a beautiful filly this morning. Wish to thank everyone for their support and understanding. Please respect their connections during this sad time. Time, and we will update you as soon as appropriate. Uh, she was in foal to I Am Invincible. Oh, yeah, yeah, good, good horse. Okay, oh, that's no good. No, that's um, a bit sad. Hopefully Winks will pull through. Yep. Actually, so. the connection's that lady with the purple hair. She wandered out on the track the other day. She was in some other team. They, do, they won a race. I oh, did, they? Yeah, she, speaking of uh, health... Oh, she needs to. Uh, she needs to uh, cut back. Yeah, she enjoying the high life after. I, I think the she's really wings. just really enjoying it a bit, bit too much. Yeah, mm. that's uh, it's really gone to another level there. I have no idea what you're talking about, but yeah. I'm, I'm imagining it's uh, it's probably not worth. Well, I'm just concerned for someone's health. Good. Yeah. So Sunday, we're talking about Sunday. We all, obviously all watched the Bledisloe Cup in unison, not together, but in unison. Yep. But on Sunday as well, obviously Lewis Hamilton won the Grand Prix in Germany. Yep. Rafael Nadal won, won the, the French, French Open. Open, and the Lakers won the basketball. Yep. All and to celebrate, they rioted in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, this is that's a new. Um, oh, it's not. I can't say it's new. It's been going on for a few years. When a team wins, they go um, they take go over the city and, and break and, stuff and break stuff. Yeah doesn't make any sense nah it's a it's smart I mean, when, smart people when denver we we watched super bowl 50 we were in san francisco at the time in denver of all places which is the most placid place on earth mm. they went mental in denver and they wrecked the city really yeah they turned cars over and burnt stuff and i don't understand why i, do, I just don't it's it's a new thing to do do they get convicted and thrown in jail and stuff well and, uh, some people do but you can't catch all of them There's, mm. i mean there was fifty thousand on the streets of la last night Jesus night before going mental burning police cars and things I, I don't understand why it, it's obviously a new thing they think they get a one night of freedom where they can just do what they like and break stuff and Los Angeles apparently is just crumbling yeah. it has just lost it they've got like crazy homeless population now like yeah. huge big tents up everywhere of people living well, in them well even when and we were there then they, they, the tax rates up to like 46% well, or something I was something. just about to say the same thing because when we were there when you know we had quite a bit of time in LA and they were saying the city is going broke Mm. I mean, people weren't paying their whatever they. In fact, I think don't think there's property tax or anything in or what we would call rates in Australia. Mm. But I think in LA, is in, I don't think there is any. Hence, why the the council and local federal government or whatever it is haven't got enough money mm. to pay the staff and pay. For but now, like everyone's leaving. Anyone with any money is leaving. Yeah. Moving to Texas. Mm. Moving to Texas, which probably be equally as. That's bad. my cousins did that. Joe Rogan's done that. Oh, is he? What's his name? Uh, ben Shapiro, another guy. There's, there's a few famous people noted mm. people that are going to base themselves elsewhere okay didn't mm. know that so yeah but all those three records they all they're all ties of certain things the lakers that's their 17th nba championship that's yeah. the same as Boston. yeah yeah uh rafa nadal that's his 20th grand slam so title. Court, same, federer. same as federer and obviously lewis hamilton tie michael schumacher 91 formula one wins right pretty phenomenal that a time of ties ton of ties well there was the there. rugby was the, the rugby was and a the tie and the rugby the Bledisloe Cup was a tie as well gosh as I said have you ever seen one of the craziest I mean uh, not an amazing game but that's one of the craziest finishes in the history that, of rugby that was unbelievable unbelievable to take a, a 60 metre kick a goal have yeah. it hit the post then our new on his first test match this young lad it's Ronnie Clark's son and, and he, he knocks the ball on they then they then get a turnover. They've, they've got the ball now, Australia, on our line. And then somehow we turn it over, and then the, the time's up. Yeah. And it's set, it kept live for s- eight, eight minutes. minutes. Eight minutes the ball was live for after the allotted 80 minutes in play. Because there was no penalty. You can't finish the game on a penalty. Nope. And any knock-on would seem to be g- getting a good enough advantage that they would play on. Yeah, it was phenomenal. It really was phenomenal. And yet... And we could have scored so... Australia could have scored. It was, well, it was crazy. Australia should have kicked a drop goal. I mean, they were under the post yeah and then obviously the All Blacks Matt Burke was calling for it oh of course he was he was going off (laughs) 
Um, he would have run on and done it himself, I think. <laughs> and then the All Blacks should have kicked a uh, drop goal as well to win the mm. game. But uh, I heard the uh, coach Foster. He gave the excuses. Well, we didn't really. We hadn't practiced it. If that's yeah. not the epitome of modern rugby, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that I hear you. Just ruins me. Yeah, because rugby's always been a game where you can express yourself and you can do natural stuff mm. and off the cuff and people like Shane Williams doing wondrous things that he just instinctively does without being coached. Mm. If you can't kick a drop goal from ten meters or fifteen meters out from yeah. in front of the post, I know the weather conditions weren't great, mm. but if you can't do that without being coached to do it, then I'm sorry. Yeah, I am sorry. I'm There's also the thing of like I guess if you if you miss it's game over but we we sort of had the ones that didn't have anything to lose at that point well both teams have nothing to lose no no but because what I mean for the series like if it's now if we win one all we, we retain it does it matter? Who, does it really matter? Well, it does to New Zealanders, actually, yeah. Does they, it? they like the fact that they have, they've held the Bearslow Cup for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. I've got this brilliant one. So the headline is, Boxing Commentator Slammed for Black History Month Gaff." right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to play the audio of, you're a massive, Alan, are you an Alan Partridge fan? Yep. Well, this is what they're calling Accidental Partridge. Okay. Just <laughs> listen to this. And we are all set very shortly now for our top of the bill here tonight at the BT Sports Studio. It is for the famous and historic British middleweight title. And before we get to talk about our main fight here, David, I think it is perhaps appropriate tonight that we just pause to mark Black History Month, most of all. And we, we discussed it today and we thought it was actually right that we acknowledge that properly and there's nobody better placed on our team to do that than Steve Bunt. So over to you for a moment, Steve. Thanks very much indeed, Paul. Now it's right. You got to get the context of this being accidental partridge. Paul Dempsey has been around a long time as a commentator mm-hmm. and presenter. White, right? Mm-hmm. He's sitting next to David Hay, mm-hmm. who is a former world heavyweight boxing champion. Mm-hmm. He's black. Yeah. He's discussing talking about Black History Month, yep. and he hands over. There is nobody better yep. place to talk about Black History Month yep. than a fifty-nine-year-old white man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're sitting next, next to, to a black sure. heavyweight boxing champion, okay. Oh my word! Very he's poor. absolutely been just panned. Was uh, the boxer you mentioned? Is he American or no, he's British? He's British. Yeah. So this is just not American Black History Month or uh, or British Black History Month. It's just Black History Month. Just Black History Month in general. Hmm. Um, Why do they have a month for that? Like, it's a good point, Rob. Was I don't it? Know. But it's all just history, is it not? It is all just history. I don't know but, why it was a why it should be a month and why it's not a week or. A, and you'd have so many countries to cover. There's a lot of countries to cover. Yes, yeah, all of I, all of Africa. Why did you designate only a month for it? It would take years and years to learn all of that. True. It would be a full time. I think it's an awareness thing more than anything. Right. I'm just going to run through some of these comments. This has to be a joke. Wrote one Twitter user, while another said, "Every cell in my body thought he was going to turn to David Hay. Every single one." Right. Former cruiserweight champion Tony Bellow who sent Hay into retirement after stopping him in their grudge match in 2018 also reacted at this with dismay at the sighting with his former rival saying no one better placed the man sitting right next to you is much better placed <laughs> is this a comedy show from the 1980s of some kind I literally have no words black British comedian Lenny Henry said in his response to the video as Dempsey's blunder was compared to the gaff prone TV character Alan Partridge the thing is though Steve Bunce is the perfect person to talk about black boxers because he is a boxing encyclopedia but the setup and the fact that he had Hay sitting right next to him makes this hashtag accidental Partridge mm. so uh, I think it's the there's no better person that's the that's the yeah. crucial phrase and the worst thing so is it would be, be one poor choice of words like perhaps yeah. say for example if you were to say obviously at the wrong time but he proceeded <laughs> yeah thanks Rob uh, he proceeded that was we've just Discuss this with David. <laughs> um, what was David saying earlier in the meeting? Yeah, yeah, Steve Bunce, he's the man. I mean, Steve Bunce, he is, I mean, he is phenomenal. But mm-hmm. just that, yeah. you're right, just that one phrase, there's nobody better placed than yeah. Steve Bunce, a 59-year-old white guy, to talk about Black History Month. <laughs> that is the problem, accidental partridge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Anyway, do you, you want to talk about the road? We talked a little bit. I thought uh, you had a bit of reaction to, well, obviously, on the stroke of halftime, New Zealand go the length of the field yeah. to score a try, oh, and the guy, yeah. I don't know what he was trying to do. Uh, with the well, one- that's the cardinal sin, like, 
like uh, why do you stretch your arms out and do that like yeah. I've, I've always said to myself if ever I'm in a position where I'm going to be diving over the line I'm keeping that thing close to my chest and hugging, yeah. hugging it and, and making sure it just floor. goes dive on the ground yeah. yeah so if you haven't seen the uh, on the stroke half time the New Zealand go the full length of the field great Th- though Moanga threw a massive forward pass in but, that movement, but I don't think they would have got it because they weren't. They wouldn't have got it. But that, but that's why no, I wasn't I'm that. About, I'm talking about the referees. Because yeah, you know, they, they didn't review it. for that. No, they reviewed for the lo- a line out knock on. Yeah, nothing was close, and then then the, the grounding. Yeah, but uh, I was okay with them disallowing it for the grounding in the end. Yeah, yeah. But the full pass was massive. <laughs> yeah. It was blatant, mm. and so I was I was just waiting for it to get called back in the first place. So obviously, New Zealand were. I, I looked at the uh, odds before the game. It was like a dollar twelve. Mm. For New Zealand to win at home, it's pretty low. I mean, we're we're not what we were even two years ago. You know, I don't think. Well, but we're pretty bloody good side. Let's, let's face it, Australia aren't either. I mean, I mean, they struggle to get through the group stage of well, the World Cup. Yeah, but they lost to Wales, Rob. <laughs> Wales. <laughs> but you know, teams get better. They they improve yeah. and, and coming in coming in cold first game of the season is probably a pretty good well, chance. What what shocked me obviously in the week and we've got a new coach now too. What's well, so of Australia? I mean, they yeah, picked, yeah, but that's what I mean. That's yeah. what's sort of it's kind of all turning over. Yeah. A lot of younger younger players I mean, in the New Zealand team now. The Wallabies picked a, a lad, Hunter Paisami, that was playing club rugby in Melbourne right two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had a great season with Queensland. Don't get me wrong, but the fact that he was playing for Harlequins in Melbourne, which is the weakest club rugby scene out of the kind of the big, mm-hmm. well, the fourth club rugby system in Australia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, I mean, he couldn't get in the Rebels side, which is probably due to poor coaching and poor talent observation more mm-hmm. than anything. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to judge watching that game where, where both teams are comparatively in the world. You never really know until you no. have to go and go and play against yeah. uh, the other, everyone else. So what's else? the reaction been across the, uh, the Tasman? I don't read, really read too much about it, to be honest. They're just in general a bit less psycho New Zealand at the moment. Moment. Really? Yeah. In, ter- like- in terms of thing doesn't go right, they don't just basically want to fire the coach and do say this is wrong. That's wrong. Although no, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't read a lot or any really. <laughs> okay. So I couldn't tell you what the voice was back home, but I do tell you by and large they're a touch more tolerant than they once were as a as a society. Okay. Back when when John Hart was losing after nine ninety seven, when all those players retired after the, you know Zen Brook, Robin Brook. Sean was Patrick. The whole Ford pack basically retired, uh, and a lot of the backs. And then Tame Randall came in as captain. You have never experienced such national hatred for one man in, in all your life. Right. People actually, his he had uh, his horses that he owned at races. People were booing the horse as it ran down the straight. Really. To, to win and would abuse the jockey for riding and all this sort of stuff was going on because um, David mm. Campisi mm. came out today saying Ian Foster won't last as well as New Zealand coach yeah. Campisi says the All Blacks have lost their aura Foster won't last in the role the All Blacks dominance in world rugby is largely due to regular trans-Tasman fixtures if you take Australia away New Zealand wouldn't be anywhere near where they are mm. so he's gone full Campisi I mean, that's just the the stupidest thing I've ever heard. How would England be if you took away Wales and Ireland? And oh, we'd love it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You've got to play the best. It's just like, I mean, they'd be nowhere if they played against no opposition. True. B- brilliant. That's a great comment. Campisi criticised the appointment of Ian Foster, claiming he won't last longer than his contract of two years. He also claimed that the all-black X-factor is no more, pointed to a lack of level-headed performances against the up-and-coming players during Sunday's draw against Australia. I've told you about this before, that same period I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. No, actually, it was when Wayne Smith became coach in the about, around about 2000. And there was a big call amongst the New Zealand public that we needed more mongrel in the team. Oh, yes. Bring Can- back the mongrel. We need more mongrel. Cantabrians. And, and Paul Holmes, the uh, sort of um, aficionado of New Zealand media on the 7 o'clock current affairs show, put the question directly to Wayne Smith. Do, do you think the people are right? We need more mongrel in the team. How are you supposed to respond to that <laughs> yes i think all the people are right mm. i've been telling the boys all week we're gonna be more mongrels <laughs> <laughs> this is my my coaching manual yeah forget about uh all the various uh bits and pieces of uh, physiological oh, ideas and it worked for the 90s 1971 british lions team <laughs> to new zealand they got a bit of mongrel in the old 99 call 
<laughs> what are you talking about? Don't you know about the 1971 no, Lions tour to no. New Zealand? Basically, they thought, the Lions thought, the only way they were going to tackle the Kiwis head-on in on a tour of New Zealand mm. was to basically beat them up. Mm-hmm. So, I can't remember if it was the first test or the second test, whether they lost the first test, and uh, I'm not 100% sure, I should look it up. Basically, if you heard the call 99, mm. you were basically meant to punch uh, some an opponent. <laughs> So I think early in the, there was a bit of niggle, obviously early in the test, and somebody shouts ninety nine, and then they all pile in, and even JPR Williams, who was quite, he was quite fine, but he was a fullback, mm. he had to run fifty yards to go and punch someone, and it is one of the most brilliant bits of film ever. So look up. Honestly, Rob, you've got a bit of time if, on your If this was the other way round, yeah. if the All Blacks were doing that to the Lions, you would be horrified. <laughs> yeah. it, you, would, it would, you would be slandering this idea as, as representative was... of the most horrendous act in the state. And you actually had a team combined strategy to go and punch people that had a call. 99! Yeah. <laughs> I think that's quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Did you win? Yeah, we won the series, didn't we? <laughs> 3-1, I think. 3-1. I think it was, yeah. It was the first time the Lions had won a series. Great strategy. Or, oh, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, 71. Carwin James uh, was the coach. Do we go to, up, up to you guys, or you came no, down? No, no, British Lions. Always, they only have two, don't they? Yeah, they only yeah, play yeah. away. They only play away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just phenomenal. But mm-hmm. I advise you just look up 71 Lions tour, the 99 call, whatever. There, I'm sure oh, this film. Oh, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It really is phenomenal. It's great to see it. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. So he played the first song that came to his head It just so happened to be It was the worst song in the world It was the worst song in the world Listen to the song and it's clear a mark Because the words don't fit and the song is shit You're a talentless kid You suck! You've done it again Oh uh, have I done it again? In fact, I just put one on our Facebook page that mm. isn't officially a worst song in the world, but it was so bad I had to publish it. Mm-hmm. It was a badminton song from uh, a Chinese guy. Is it in English? No, this, it's kind of a Chinese rap type deal, but mm. on the video there is English subtitles. Is that going to work on radio? Uh, we're not playing it, Rob, because I said officially it's not a worst song in the world. Oh, You don't like these, actually. This is one where... They've oh, they've of... just taken a cover and replaced the words? Yeah, but it's two Dennis Leary's, I'm an... Um... A-hole. Okay. Yes. It's actually Australian as well, mate. It is... Well, I mean, that's a great song, that one. Oh, it's tremendous. Um, it's great fun to sing and play, actually. Broke the mould, really. Broke the mould? Yeah, because I think it got to number one in Britain, and that's, like, unheard of because of, of the language content and everything else. But, I um, mean, it brought a message about just don't be a twat. Yeah, but, but I think break the mould is a bit strong. I mean, musically, it's not breaking boundaries. No, it was just it. a good, fun, sing-along song. Yeah, it, was. It, was, it was kind of funny. Yeah, okay. Dennis oh. Leary, now, um, he's doing, like, serious acting now. Really? He was uh, the chief of police in uh, Spider-Man. The amazing Spider-Man. Is he an Avenger up? <laughs> <laughs> no. It was, in fact, the cancelled Spider-Man trilogy. Then it got to number two, and oh, then uh, yeah, they didn't come through with the third um, one. Talking about comedians going mainstream, I keep seeing this ad. I don't know. Is it Kevin Hart or Chris Rock doing Fargo? Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Yeah. I mean, they're vlogging that. I'm not buying Netflix. I, I haven't got Netflix, <laughs> and I'm not buying Netflix because of Chris Rock playing Fargo. Because of the last dance? Every ad break in Australia has this ad for Fargo on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how it's related to the original film. I don't know. I've never seen the original film. Because uh, the original film's set up in uh, northern uh, Minnesota, and uh, they got that weird accent. Should we get back to Worst Song in the World, Rob? Yeah, oh, that's right. This is a band called Hype Duo, who allegedly have a massive presence in Australia. Okay. They've uh, featured on Lad Bible and the Daily Mail. Their song, When the Sun Comes Up, has been on Triple M. And um, they've recently recorded and produced and performed on a track called Stay the F at Home, a track featuring Chris Franklin, Dave Gleason from the Screaming Jets, Angry Anderson, mm-hmm. and people that have played with Killing Heidi. Okay. So they're going big time. This is some of the boys' career highlights include... Opening for Mental as Anything, Reese Mastin, and performing on stage with members from Foreigner. Mm. Wow. Uh, performing on Rock the Boat. They, they did a halftime football appearance at Allianz Stadium at Waratah's Games. They performed at Wasn't em- for Billy Idol. Emirates Day at Rose Hill. Um, they've performed 
after the big bash at the SCG. Yep. After, not yep. during or before, after, mm-hmm. when everyone's gone home. Yep. They headlined Dubbo's Riverfest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they headlined Showdown in the showground. And they flew to Harvey Bay to perform at an Australia Day event. Mm. So they're just a bogan covers band that does sort of... Um... I think they're a rap type deal. Anyway, uh, this song is called, as mentioned, um, Dennis Leary's I'm an A-Hole. But this is I'm a Cyclist. I'm just a regular bloke with a regular bike I'm your average dad who enjoys a nice ride I wear lycra and fluoral when I'm riding at night I piss everybody off and ignore the red lights My life, my rights, don't you know who we are? Cable ties on my helmet and I pretend I'm a car But sometimes that's just not enough To keep a man like me protected No way, no way uh-uh. Drivers always tell me to get f***ed And I hope you break your legs Your legs, your legs, your legs I ride really slow in the middle of the lane While drivers behind me are going While Trevor's behind me singing what a lovely day I'm a cycle, he's a cycle, I'm a cycle, he's a cycle My pants are so tight, they shrivel my balls There's no conversation cause we know it all I'm a cycle, he's a cycle And merging where I don't belong My two best friends are my cat and my mom Yeah, I'm a psycho He's a psycho I'm gonna buy myself a 2018 model Trek road bike. Oh yeah, with a gel padded seat cover, disc brakes, and a new helmet with a smooth Shimano gear set. Yeah, baby, yeah. And I'm gonna ride around on that baby at 15 kilometers an hour, throwing back two liters of water while riding in the middle of the freeway. And there ain't a goddamn thing you can do about it. You know why? Because we've got the bikes. That's why. Three words: roads, traffic, authority. Okay. And while I'm riding down that freeway, throwing back my two liters of water, you better. Give me at least two minutes of space when you pass Because we own the roads, okay? Lance Armstrong ain't no hero, he cheated And have you ever seen a 45-year-old man coming off steroids After losing all these titles and realizing all these left with There's a small penis and a broken heart It ain't pretty And clearly I had my Hey, 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 you hey, know you hey. really are a cyclist Shut up and sing the song, pal I'm a cycle He's a cycle He's a cycle I'm a cycle He's a cycle What a cycle Y-C-L-I-S-T Everybody see Y-C-L-I-S-T I'm a cyclist and I'm not proud of it. Well, there you go, Rob. There it is. Ah, uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, not much to say about that. I mean, it's it's a it's a less amusing version of a highly amusing song. <laughs> it's, it, it's not... Um, Cycling-based. Oh, is that what I said? Yeah, it was, yeah. Okay. It's, it's lucky that, yeah, thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> yeah, thanks. How did you decipher that one? Just making sure you knew, Rob. Yeah, Just yeah. Making sure you knew. Just had to re-explain their Oscar Wilde-like metaphors. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's your typical Australian uh, either breakfast show or drive time um, token, token song, comedy cover, cover thing type deal. That's all yeah, although say. lucky that cyclist fit exactly the same amount of letters, letters as an uh, asshole. Yeah, it was more a um, public service announcement more than anything. Right, just an awareness thing. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I, uh, uh, I can identify with the sentiment of the song. Uh, we've all had our trials 
difficult times with cyclists. Yep. However, it's just not that good. The performance is fine. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all there. Did well, but the original, the the lyrics are far more amusing, much better. I, I don't know how to psych- how the cyclists feel about this. They'll probably find it quite amusing. They'll probably quite enjoy Ooh, it. I think. Oh, don't know about that. You reckon they're, they're not going to be offended by that? Oh, they're pretty touchy. Yeah, the old mammals, middle-aged men in lycra. <laughs> They're pretty touchy if you ever go at them about driving through red lights and mm-hmm. uh, taking a, you know, driving two abreast on a, when they should be in line so you can overtake them. I mean, I, I've never had any desire to want to be a cyclist, predominantly because I just would not trust the drivers to not run oh, me over. Especially in Melbourne. Especially no way in, Melbourne. in the world. You just get oh, cleaned up at any I minute. definitely agree with you. I've never been generally so scared, actually, when I've been on the bike and uh, been around town. Mm. In all fairness, motorists do not give cyclists enough room and they are quite tough to see sometimes but cyclists do take the piss a little bit by mm. doing what they do and i actually had two on the way here that were <laughs> driving side by side yeah. on pump road i was like come on guys and i had to sw- swerve out and there's a car I, you know in yeah. my blind spot i saw it coming yeah but i didn't do that um so that yeah don't but I'm, I'm quite considerate of the cyclist beefy when i used to go to work and i'd go down uh st george's road there and i'd always look out for them and, and let them go by and i'll get lots of waves and yeah, etc yeah. so everyone really, take your time we can work together on this but then just one sunday morning i was up early i saw these cyclists i overtook them and then i saw a place i want to stop and get a coffee and i sort of hesitated wasn't sure and then i said oh yeah i'll jump in and then by that point the cyclists had caught up to me again and i kind of cut them off with the car no. And I got the full belt on the window skits. <laughs> See? And I was like, come on, man. I'm not the bad... I'm not the... I just made a mistake. <laughs> One mistake and I get the belt on the window? Jesus. But they've got to give way as well. They're not, you know... They're and not they, the... they saw it come. They must have seen yeah. me hovering there. Yeah. There's a moment of doubt. They haven't got right of way. If you're trying to park through the cycle lane into a spot, mm. they have to give way to you. It's not their right of way. They're, they're not, you know, mm. the be-all and end-all. They have to stop and let you pull in. I mean, that's the deal. I so mean- essentially what we're figuring out here is that they could have not changed one single word of Dennis Leary- Leary's original lyrics and that would have been more relevant to cyclists. <laughs> Yeah, spot on, Rob. Well yeah. done. I'm glad you uh, you got to that. Just in case people aren't sure what that means, we're saying that cyclists are assholes. That, see, that's the, that's just what it is. It's such a large, broad umbrella being an asshole. It can cover all sorts of different uh, facets of society, different ways of being. All right. So you're in there, cyclists. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, got some John Daly news for you. How's he going? Uh, a federal club golf professional, Josh Price, happened to be recording at the moment when John Daly, 54, stepped up to the 11th hole in Glen Allen, Virginia to take a swing at Monday's Bone Frog Open, which benefits fallen U.S. Navy SEALs. The two-time major champion confidently squared up, wearing no shoes, no hat, his shirt untucked, and sent the ball headed straight for the hole about 130 yards away. Seconds later, cheers and high fives! Daly turned and remarked, that makes 11 of them, mother! Oops. Uh, nearly <laughs> adding on a slur, but quickly catching himself. Daly had revealed, like we put on the show last week, week before, that he's been diagnosed with bladder cancer, but uh, he then announced he underwent a procedure to remove the cancer, but said there is a high probability of it returning. Uh, luckily for me, they caught it early, but bladder cancer is something that I don't know all the details about, but it doesn't look like it might go away. We'll just wait and see what happens. Maybe there's a miracle, <laughs> Daly said. Golf Pro Price said that Daly seemed to be doing well in good spirits on the 54-year-old swing. Looked the same as it always has. It's just silky smooth. The guy's an absolute machine. It's unbelievable. Price noted that Daly was nice to everyone at the course, and he is just an amazing human being. Mm. So he got a hole in one, basically, but wearing no shoes. Yeah. Just stepped up and whacked it in the hole. It's surprising that giant motor of his hasn't inhibited his uh, his swing more. Well, it's it's a comfort thing, I think. Like yeah. I, I told you the Craig Perry story. Mm. Who, yeah, yeah. Who lost, I don't know, 30 kilos or something, mm. and, his, and he lost his swing because it was not natural anymore. Mm. But talking about golf, Lucky Punter wins 680 $80,000 on a golf multi-wager for the price of $1. A person who plays a $1 multi-bet won $679,894 by landing every one of a two-ball match play pick 
for the third round of the BMW PGA Championships. Um, Sportsbet tweeted that miraculously the better picked the winner in each one of his head-to-head matches in the same combination bet, which resulted in the whopping return. So out of 20 head-to-head matches, he's picked the winner in each one. Uh, four of the matches were only decided by one shot. Wow. 680,000 to one, Rob. That's what you should be doing. Don't worry about the horses. But that's the thing, you see. It may have been 680,000 to one, but that's still way better odds than Lotto. Yes. So if you're going to do that, it'll cost less, and you've got way more chance of winning. You may as well do that every week. Like you come in, there's not always match play every week. Yeah, but it's not necessarily match play. What they do, they're just playing in the same, and it's just him yeah. versus him. He'll yeah. he'll beat him. Yeah, I wonder okay. what happens if there's a tie. Whether you lose one tie, or lose because obviously two people are going to get like seventy twos. I think in sports, bit if you're doing that on like AFL or something, there happens to be a tie. That it's like standoff. They just sort of cancel that. that yeah. Way. Okay, so you don't lose, but you don't win. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Talking about standing off and losing, all good things must come to an end drop. Mm-hmm. Magnus Carlsen, I don't know if you remember Magnus. He was the world's strongest man. Oh, no, he wasn't. But he was a Formula One driver. <laughs> Keep going. Tennis. You, know, uh, you won't get it. Oh, rugby play for Scotland. Magnus Carlsen. Yeah. His unbeaten run. He's a world champion, by the way, Magnus Carlsen. Swimmer. I mean, no, it's surfer. Yeah, the Swedish surfing team. <laughs> They're going off the Swedish <laughs> surfing team. Uh, his unbeaten run was 125 matches. He's been unbeaten since 2018. He's the world champion, Rob. What ping pong. Oh, they're good at ping pong, actually, the Swedes. Oh, um, badminton. I'm not sure too many Swedes play badminton. Dang Magnus Carlsen. Well, Magnus he, Carlson. We can't, he can't be you know, just an ice hockey player. Because no. Then the whole team He's would be He's an individual in. sportsman, world champion. Unbeaten for two and a half years. Uh, skier. No. Oh, I like that big Eddie the Eagle thing. Ski jumping. Yeah. Now, he's the world chess champion, Rob. Magnus ah. Carlsen. He's lost to Paul uh, somebody Duda. What's, uh, don't, I haven't even got his first name in here. So I wonder he, how many hours of footage he studied watching Magnus go at it and his various strategies yeah. to try and foil him. So, uh, and he just probably sold him a dummy on the left side and then he ducked around the back and got the queen. He probably did that way. The old uh, bacon opening, whatever it's called. Uh, world number 15, Duda beat Carlsen in round five of the Norway chess tournament. Mm. Carlsen's previous defeat came against Shakiria Mamadarov in July 2018. It had to happen at some point, but in any case, it's very, very disappointing, the Swede said. Duda's win kept off a stellar day for Polish sport. It's right up there for Polish sport as Iga Swiatek won the French Open, the country's first Grand Slam singles title. Prime Minister Matthias Morawiecki took to Twitter to congratulate both Duda and Swiatek on their victories. I'm really happy, obviously. I didn't expect to win this game, Duda said. Sound like an exciting uh, match, match report or oh. post-match press conference. Yeah, so it's all happening in Poland. I just gotta let you know. I hope the media lined up with this, the main key sports questions afterwards too. Like, how are you preparing for this event? How, how's how do you think you'll go next week? I think they would have. They must have gone. They would have mm. been all over it. I love those questions for this, especially for the chess players. Mm. How's yeah. training going? How's training going for yeah. chess? Yeah. yeah, I'm loving it. Loving it. Another great one for Robbie um, Montage. Actually, Poland. Bartosz Smarslik has just been crowned World Speedway Champion as well for a second year running. Great run for the Poles. Yeah, they're loving it, the Poles. On top of things. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Sporting Gladiators time. It's a quiz. It's a quiz. Simple as quiz. Five on five. Five on five penalty shootout style. What's my theme this week, Beefy? Um, All sorts. sorts. Not New Zealand sports. New Zealand sport. It is for Rob as usual. Uh, I ask Rob questions on New Zealand sport. You have got a special on the US Masters this week. Golf. If it's 1991 US Masters, I'm quids in. (laughs) Apart from that, I could struggle. I've been flogged for the past four weeks, I reckon. Rob's uh, taken it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on. So it's time for me to uh, get back in, but golf, possibly not my strong point, but... Uh, I, I think th- they're fair questions. Fair enough. Yeah. I think these are fair questions to you. There's a few... In rob- fact, you'll, def- you'll 100% get one. Oh, I know the answer then. Yeah. Question one for Rob on New Zealand sport. This is rugby. What year... This is pretty monumental in New Zealand by all accounts. Mm. What year did Adidas take over from Canterbury as Whoa. the All Blacks kit supplier? This is a tough one. Now, let me think... 
Because it was a big kerfuffle. It was a big and kerfuffle. And I'm trying to think if it occurred before I let, moved to Melbourne or if it's right about when it happened. 2006. Oh, no. It was a lot earlier than that. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just before the 1999 World Cup. 99. Really? Oh, that's yeah. well back. Yeah. yeah, that's when they started doing, getting the tight sort of jerseys and got away from the old school yeah. Canterbury with the super, you know, the old rubber material. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, tradition. So, yeah, 1999, and it was a big deal because they've been with Canterbury for... Forever, and they're New Zealand ever, brand, and Adidas, of course. Yeah, well, got to move with the times, don't you? Got to move with the times. And the money. And the money. I do like those old rugby jerseys. Don't though. forget as well, rugby had only been professional, professional for three years because hmm. it only officially went professional 1996 yeah so they needed to pay it the... moved very rapidly though oh didn't it? yeah they needed to pay the people Rob they needed hmm. to pay the people alright golf US Masters special in what year did Nick Faldo first win the US Masters 1986 oh not far off 89 oh okay anyway uh, Jonah Lomu scored tries against all the major rugby nations except two. Who are they? South Africa. Good. One point. Half a point for Rob. And he's got all the he's got all the Northern Hemisphere covered. Uh, he's definitely scored against Australia. So what do you mean major? Like is that? Oh, I'm, we're not saying people like Italy, oh, uh, Portugal in the World Cup. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I reckon he hasn't scored against Argentina. Well, allegedly he had scored against Argentina because he never crossed the try line against Wales, Rob. He never beat oh, the big wall. Hang on, you have to check that out. No, I've checked it out. Because the 96, 95 World Cup, no, he just set up about four tries, but didn't. Josh Cronfell kept stealing the ball off him. In go. fact, that's when he got injured. He only actually, I was looking at... Oh, I was sure. That, that's the game I was thinking of, because he scored three, I think, against Ireland. It he smashed two he against Scotland. He only four played against three games against Wales, but he didn't, never scored. So you get half a point for that, Rob. He came very, very close. Oh, well. Almost three times in that. He had a huge affinity with Wales. He didn't want to score, Rob. Just didn't want nah, to score. bollocks. Whatever. <laughs> All right. The 11th, 12th, and 13th holes at Augusta collectively are known by which nickname? Oh, I'm going to put them on in the last uh, music break. Amen Corner, Rob. Correct, Beefy. Amen well done. Amen Corner. Beautiful. Good work. I didn't. I never knew that. I found, oh, that, I found that out. Oh, okay. That's, they traditionally don't even have. They might do now, but up until the mid-90s, there wasn't even TV coverage of those three holes. Right. Yeah, they, they left them just out there, so there was no fans, nothing. They just put them out the back. And Why is that? I don't know. You know what the US Masters is like with traditionalism. Yeah, it's okay. crazy. All right. All right, which radio personality donated a kidney to Jonah Lomu in 2004? Oh, so Grant Kiriyama. Grant Kiriyama. Yes! Former Lotto host turned radio personality. Really? He was originally Lotto? host of Lotto when Lotto oh. was like brand new and at its peak. Oh. People were psycho. Used to tune in and watch Lotto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Used to be Saturday night in Britain. Like yeah. 7 o'clock prime time, the lottery was drawn and the yeah, big yeah. half an hour show. There's a full doco about that. It's pretty heartbreaking for poor old Jonah. Oh, well, when Grant, but, well, that kidney failed in the end too. Oh, did he have a second? No, after that one, he just had liver dialysis. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Oh, now this one, you probably should get this one too. In what year did Greg Norman's famous six-shot uh, lead meltdown occur? Okay, well, that was the second time when Faldo did him. Well, I reckon then it's 92. Final answer. 1992. 96. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was 10 years my, after... My guess life. before I looked this up was 96, and it was. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember I was fifth form at high school. Right. Because I really wanted Greg to win, and I, was pretty, I felt really bad for him. No, I didn't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that means go. I'm two to one. Two and a half to one. Two and a half to one. And yes. I've gone... You won't get the last two. Which canoeist has won the New Zealand Sportswoman of the Year for the past four years? Oh... Pretty big deal, the Hartnell yeah, Award is, or whatever it's called. It is, but I haven't been paying attention, have I? And she's not a Waddell, I can give you that. Yeah, Belinda Carlisle. Oh, it's Belinda Car... No, Lisa Carrington. Lisa Carrington. Lisa Carrington. Good. I don't, well done, Lisa. I've never heard of Lisa Carrington, but... Has she won an Olympic gold medal, must have done. Uh, possibly. So I've still got a chance. All right. i get the last two right. How many times has Jack Nicholas won the Masters? Six. Correct! You didn't think I was going to get that, did you? Oh, I didn't know. I need, I need to be there or thereabouts. Golden Because you know that he's won how many total? How many uh, majors? 24. No, 18. I 18, yeah. yeah. I always get the tennis and golf mixed up. Right. I don't know why. All right, then. Here we go. You won't get this. Oh, this is. The, I have to get this because I think you'll get the last one, definitely. Oh, uh, okay. You're not going to get this. It's quite simple as that. Hmm. What sport does New Zealand take on Australia for the Way Lego Cup? 
It's annual. What sport does New Zealand take on Australia for the Way Lego Cup? Can you spell Way Lego? W A Y L E G G O. I'm going to say Polo. Oh, that's. It's actually sheepdog trials. Oh. The Kiwis have won every year since 2013. The next Way Lego Cup scheduled for December in Tasmania. Competition has been running between New Zealand and Australia since the 80s. The term Way Lego is an abbreviation of come away and let go. The command used by musterers and shepherds in New Zealand to call their dogs back from stock. Well, that was a stupid one. So it's now two and a half to two, is that right? Uh, yes, two and a half to two. If I get this, I'll win, Rob. Who holds the record for the widest winning margin of 12 oh. strokes in, a t- in the tournament? Tiger Woods. Correct. That was my easy one. God damn it. And you're asking me sheepdog questions. This is bollocks. <laughs> Oh, he's a New Zealander. He'll know. You never know these things. You never. Way of Legos to me sounded kind of a bit like the word chucker. Chuck, yeah, a little bit. So I thought, well, because is, is it South African that name that chucker? Is that where the terminology comes oh, from? Might be Spanish because polos are. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Argentinian. Friend of mine represented New Zealand at polo. Really. Yeah, he just secretly did it. Wow. Because he lives out on a farm out the back of nowhere. Right. And he always said he either wanted to be an all-black or be a polo player, and he wasn't going to be an all-black, so he turned to polo. What? And he just secretly Sorry. went off and got, became, like, number one in New Zealand. Secretly? And, it's not as... And then of... and went and played all over South America. Oh, he would do. Did all sorts. That's brilliant. That's really yeah. cool. Ah. Will Jackson, his name I is. I can't believe... You've done me a quiz on the US Masters, and you didn't mention Ian Woosnam or 1991 at all. Oh, I'm not interested in that. And and because also, that would be an easy one for you. <laughs> True. Why would I make it easy? I gave oh. you an easy one. It was the last one. All right, yeah. And I thought you'd get Greg Norman, 96. Yeah. And I actually thought you'd get Nick Faldo, 89. Yeah, I thought I would as well. Damn, um, stupid bloody whales. Why should I should have got that? Yeah, it would have been a tie then. Because I ran through, that's why I ticked them all off straight away. I was just like, because I went through those World Cup games. Okay, oh yeah, smash Wales, Jonas scored then, Ireland smashed them, Scotland got smashed, England got smashed. Um, hmm. IPL news. Did you know there's an American playing in the IPL? A full-blown American? Uh, kind of. He is Pakistani heritage, but mm. moved to, to America when he was 18. Mm. Only started playing cricket a few years ago. Played a lot of kids' cricket and stuff in Pakistan. Mm. Started playing cricket in America properly. He was quite good, got in the American team. He mm. went and played in the, in the Caribbean Premier League, and the IPL drafted him. Great. He's called uh, Ali Khan, mm-hmm. and uh, he is the future of American cricket, Rob. Yeah, good. Um, but I've got some other IPL news. Joffre Archer bowls David Warner out to win a new Xbox Series X after hilarious Twitter bet with gaming company. Uh, England cricket star Joffre Archer bowled himself to a new Xbox after skittling Aussie convicted cheat David Warner in the IPL. <laughs> The 25-year-old World Cup winning hero made a cheeky bet with the gaming giant on Twitter before the tournament began. Archer tagged the Xbox account and said, How many wickets this tournament for a new Xbox? Xbox's social media admin gave a tongue-in-cheek reply along with a winky face. Just the one, Mm -hmm. David Warner. And now, three weeks later, Archer, who's a massive Call of Duty fan, has fulfilled his side of the bargain by clean bowling Warner, the Barbados-born star. Oh, it must be an Australian article. The Barbados-born star dismissed destructive opening batsman Warner for 48. Mm. Rajasthan Royals won by five wickets over... uh, Who are they playing? Sunrisers, Hyderabad. Archer continues, funny trend of previous tweets coming true after his September 18th post. New Xbox is secured! And then he gave him the address of the hotel where he's staying because obviously he's pretty bored in Dubai. Mm. You must be uh, quite excited about this new Navy SEAL show that with Candace Warner is going to be on it. She's one of your favourite people, isn't she? You, she you, is. you look up to her. Yep. You admire her as a human being. I love seeing the adverts on Twitter at the moment for the new SES show mm-hmm. because Candace Warner is headlining the, the Twitter campaign. Chappelle Corby's on the show, mm. convicted drug trafficker. Somebody else who of no repute is on there as well. Oh, oh. there's some... Uh, gymnast that got done oh, didn't the she? swimmer swimmer yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right <laughs> the swimmer convicted drug tweet uh <laughs> convicted drug tweet what's she called shana drug cheat even drug cheat that's what i yeah, said you said drug out. tweet Jug cheat, jug mm. cheat. Shana Jack, I think she's called. Is that the swimmer you're talking the about? The swimmer, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the reason she's on the show is because she's mm. not allowed to swim because she's banned because yeah. she's uh, being done for drugs. Mm. Um, Roxy Jasenko, she's runs a PR firm that supplies millions of dollars worth of deals to Channel Seven. Why mm-hmm. is she on the show? Because she wants to be on TV. Mm-hmm. Why is she on the show? Full stop. I don't mind people like Nick Cummins be good for a laugh. Uh, who else is on? Comedian Merrick Watts, is it? Or the other oh, one? Is he on? Oh, yeah. 
one of them. Yep. I don't understand why anyone want to watch this show. Uh, it's just straight out voyeurism. Yeah, straight out voyeurism. That's um, all everything is. Some of the responses on Twitter. I don't think anyone's going to watch it, judging by the Twitter response. Because no, I, I'm not going to watch it. I won't watch it. Uh, the worst thing that's come out of it is, at the moment, the highlights they're showing in the stings and uh, the previews, Hmm. There's a lot of workplace bullying going on, Rob. Okay. And I'm not sure whether the uh, the celebrities, in inverted commas, are going to cope with this workplace bullying. What, are you talking about the Navy SEAL giving them a bollocking, like, as they would <laughs> the to try and train their... Yeah, the SAS. SAS. Now, this started in Britain, right? And the SAS got involved, and it was for a major mental health charity and also to do with Save the Children or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. The big quandary over here is this is only to promote degrade celebrities. This isn't for a charity. Right. This isn't for doing something for good. Mm-hmm. This is just to hum- not even humiliate people. It's just to give people airtime that really shouldn't get airtime. And why the SAS have put their name to it, if they have been cleared to put their name to it, is beyond a lot of people. But that, that- that's half the point of this reality stuff. It's been quite successful for those who have a poor public profile mm. to try and get the people to know them a bit better so that they can turn it around. And it, it can backfire because you can also be exposed for the twat that you truly are. Yeah, yeah. So like that Jungle Show, mm. which also, by the way, I've not, not watched. Nor me. Anyone can be okay for a couple of weeks, but can you keep it together for two months? Anyone can make a great first impression, but it's only once you really hang around for a while that the true colours start to shine through. Do we know how long this was filmed over, by the way? I don't know. I'm not researching that. No way. I've paid absolutely zero attention to it. I just, like I said, because I've got a bit of time on my hands, as as most of us have, I do like reading Twitter at the moment. Look, Twitter's (laughs) become a bit mainstream, but some of it can be quite cutting and funny. I do Mm -hmm. do like the reactions to that. Mm -hmm. The reactions to David Warner's wife being on this show and being in the promotions has been music to my ears really I've loved it I love the public opinion of it obviously there's this tryst in a toilet with Sonny Bill Williams mm. which gets rears its ugly head time and time again anytime she shows her face on TV that gets brought up a mm. lot but also the fact that when she was doing the press conferences with David Warner after he got caught um, ball tampering and caught cheating and banned she paraded her kids out in front of the press conference in front of news reporters TV crews and everything else and then said Oh, don't take pictures of my kids. My kids aren't involved. Well, did, I mean, did, did she parade them, or was she just going to the airport? It was, and all, there was, it was all a PR stunt. Uh, that, how do you know that? That was created by Roxy Jasenko. Is that is rock solid? Rock solid, hundred percent. Okay. Why would Roxy Jasenko be at a press conference involving a cheating cricketer? All a front, Rob. I'll probably get banned for that. Okay. Anyway, well, Rob, you got a big weekend coming? Yeah. So. um... I'm actually going to try not to get on the hammer this weekend. Bledisloe Cup is on Sunday. But I've just realised I've gotten a bit ahead of myself because I was going to do 10 days off and out of respect for my own upcoming 40th. But I've got my dates wrong and there's still two weeks ago. I thought it was... Weekend after this one is my birthday, but it's not. It's two weeks away. Yeah. Two and a half weeks. So, how, um, how are you feeling coming into your 40th? That's, uh, what, 18 days and counting? 17, yeah. 16 days and counting now. I've, I've, I'm just trying to get into, like, um, 40 in fabulous mode. <laughs> yeah. And trying to get my things together. It's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's half, it's a halfway mark, really, isn't it, Beefy? It is. Yeah. Definitely is. All downhill from here. Yeah, good. Um, I've just felt physically my body's just, uh, I hate not being able to run. It's really annoying. There's things... The body's not working quite as well as it did, Beefy. But by and large, uh, uh, my spirits are reasonably high. Right. Is that the question you wanted the answer to? Oh, no. I'm just trying to gauge uh, kind of the feeling because some people well the worst thing is in terms of life plans and what you know you can't plan anything at the moment no you can sort of maybe vaguely start having an idea yeah but you don't know what the hell is going to happen probably a good thing for you why that it's that this is this covid stuff has happened and you're not getting that build up to your 40th because all of a sudden you'll be drinking and drinking the, but and the main thing which i've realized of late i've been significantly missing is just that once a month just blow it with the boys just yeah. get out of the house go off and be an idiot i'm still there at 40 like i still quite enjoy that yeah and so you should but not, not as frequently as when i was 30 <laughs> or, or 25 <laughs> or 39 <laughs> In your case, Rob. <laughs> anyway, look, we've got to thank Jack Link's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. It's full of protein. 100% grass-fed mm. New Zealand beef, Rob. It's quality. You cannot get better than that. Do you know what, Rob? Yeah, I know. What? 
It's the, it's the astronauts. Food of astronauts, Rob! Yep. The food of astronauts. NASA give it to their astronauts because it's a great source of protein in a really slim, nicely packaged bag. Yes, and exactly. Tasty. And I like the way you, you, you toned your voice down and got really intimate there to describe <sighs> how delicate and beautifully crafted this bag is of, of dried cow meat. <laughs> Can't get better than that, Rob. Cannot get better than that. It's better than turkey jerky, that's for sure. Anyway. Don't doubt it. We've done, unbelievably, 172 editions of this show. Was it last week, 172? um, I don't think so. I think it was 171 last week. It is the greatest sports radio show on the planet. The Jack Link's Beef Jerky. 365 days of sport. We'll see you next week.